0: everyone we have Katie Hawkins all the way from Australia on the call today I'm so excited you guys are gonna love her accent um and
1: Katie I'm just gonna throw it at you and I'm gonna let you start wherever you'd like with your story perfect thank you um first of all thank you so much for letting me do this I really appreciate it because this podcast has helped me so much um throughout our journey um so my husband and I have been together for about seven years. We married in October 2017, um, but we kind of decided we didn't want to have children right away and we were going to wait um, because we really wanted to travel to Europe and um, we decided to do that a year later. So we went on a big honeymoon for about a month um, and travelled over Europe, which was amazing. Um we kind of thought that if it happens it happens when we're there um we weren't going to you know try as such but we weren't not trying if that makes sense as well um but I didn't expect it to happen right away so I was kind of a little bit in a limbo of whatever it'll be right um so yeah so (sighs) thinking about all the what-ifs and things when we're in Europe. I specifically remember this time when we're walking through Poland and then in Poland there are mothers and babies everywhere and all the women are super good looking and they're super tiny but they have these huge healthy babies everywhere Um, and we're just jokingly discussing, um, you know, like if it did happen, like how are we going to tell our parents and imagine if we were pregnant right away and how exciting would that be and um I guess just dreaming all the the baby dreams but um in saying that it definitely wasn't in the forefront of our minds um traveling was incredible and we were just kind of having such a good time um and then on the last couple of days of our trip um we were in Greece and my boobs were just so sore but I didn't really think much of it it was kind of like whatever and just continued on our merry way um When we returned home from Europe, um, we were just completely in this happy bubble. It was amazing. Um, And I'm going to talk about my dog here, and I know that sounds a little bit strange, but um, it seems irrelevant, but it will make sense pretty soon. Um, So when we came home, our dog, Nala, she was just our fur baby. We had her for about four years, and She was the first kind of obviously baby in our family. Um, And she was a bit strange when we came back, like she was always really calm and gentle and things like that. So it wasn't dramatic turn, but she was just kind of, I don't know, a bit mopey. And we thought that she was just really sad. Um, And then within like probably a week of us being back, I decided I'd take a test. and I found out straight away, like, the blue lines came up. They were really dark. Um, I could not stop shaking. I was so excited. And I pretty much raced in my car and drove to Kmart. I don't know if you guys have Kmart in yeah. America. But, mm-hmm. Yeah, raced to Kmart straight away and bought the little baby jumpsuit and the daddy book and just to surprise my husband. Um, so I put it all in a box for him. For when he arrived home and he's not an emotional person at all so the only the best way i can probably describe him is if you watch the big bang theory he's kind of like sheldon um, he <laughs> doesn't really understand emotions as such he's gotten 10 million times better since we first got together but it's a little bit um naive on the emotion side but he was so excited he started crying which was a big surprise for me because He's just not an emotional person. Um, so then yeah, we got all the confirmation for our doctor and I was only five weeks, which was really exciting. Um, my blood looked really good, HCG was high, um, symptoms were all great, really sore boobs, always hungry, sometimes nauseous. Um, so we were just sucked in this little happy bubble. Um, but then a couple of days later, um, our dog stopped eating and we took her to the vet straight away and It was a really emotional, stressful couple of weeks. It was really up and down, um, very like, yeah, it can be treated and then no, it can't, then yes, it can, then no, it can't. And then she ended up passing away a couple of weeks later, which was a massive surprise. Um, So it was really rough and it was really emotional, um, but I was trying really hard to remain calm, like just because being pregnant and stuff, I just tried really hard because I am an emotional person
0: yeah
1: Um, so it was yeah it was tricky and I guess anyone who is a dog person will really understand Mm -hmm. Um, I mean
0: to me a dog dying is a family member dying
1: so yeah 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 it did it definitely felt like that and I guess um yeah it was just really rough and really hard so after the bubble kind of popped really really quickly um And this all happened within a couple of weeks. And then um, I tried really hard to put all my focus and energy into the pregnancy and just make sure like I ate really well. I walked every day. Um, And overall, like I was that person who downloaded the apps and I researched the baby stuff and looked at all that stuff because I was so super excited. Um, I told my best friend at six weeks, I think it was that we were pregnant and, She was really happy for us, and um, she made a joke that maybe she was unintentionally pregnant too. Um, They hadn't been trying, but she didn't know for sure. Um, We've been best mates for about 15 years now, so we're really close, and she's my maid of honour and all through high school and stuff, really close. Um, So that was exciting, but she didn't know for sure, and she was very much downplaying it. Um, We only told our parents and siblings and then some friends um but kind of really kept it to ourselves um yes everything was going really great with the pregnancy um really happy i booked my dating scan um but i couldn't get in at the eight weeks so we just waited for the next one and um booked in at nine weeks the day before the dating scan um i went to my best friend's house for dinner and um I was obviously just super excited about the scan the next day. Um, And when I got there, she gave me this cute little box with a poem and some baby things in it. And the poem was about us being best friends for so long and sharing so much and um, that we would now share this next step in our lives together because she was pregnant too. So we were just jumping around her house together in this complete, happy, oblivious naive bubble um and they weren't trying so she was a bit nervous about the pregnancy but she was really excited because we were doing it together and everything like that so um I put all off the apps on her phone and I got everything I was like you need to get onto this book you need to be doing this you can't eat that like really um I guess educating her because <laughs> she just didn't look into any of this stuff at all and kind of um is a really, like I'm a go-with-the-flow person as well, but she's very laid back and, um yeah, just would not have even thought about putting all that <laughs> stuff on the phone. <laughs> um, so the next, oh, and we couldn't believe, like, the odds of being pregnant at the same time. We worked out that we were only, like, a couple of days. Um, oh, my
0: gosh. That's yeah. crazy.
1: Yeah, it was. It was nuts. Um, so the next day we went for our dating scan and we were super, super excited. Um, and just sitting in the waiting room, like obviously pregnant people everywhere. So excited. And when we got in there, the ultrasound tech, she was really upbeat and I'd been feeling fine. Like I hadn't had any, um, you know, symptoms that I would have thought would have indicated anything else other than that I was fine. Um, and all my symptoms were really strong. So I was feeling really good. And when I got in there, the ultrasound tech, she was really upbeat and um, quite lovely. And she put everything on the screen and did everything. Um, and then she kind of turned the screen away from her, like us, sorry, um, after a little bit. And immediately, like I was, the, the whole room just changed. Like the whole feeling in the room changed. And straight away I was like, okay, like what's what's wrong? What's going on? And she started saying the baby was scanning, even though I was nine weeks by this stage. Um, The baby was scanning at about six and a half weeks. Um, But she said that because we were on the cusp of that six, seven week period that the fetal pole, they didn't know if it was just too small to see yet or if it was not there. So we kind of, like, I don't know, we started off feeling really worried. And I guess the sense that she gave us was to feel worried. It wasn't a comforting or reassuring, like, it'll be okay. It was quite a, yeah, just a stressful time. Um, and I asked her if we could have a photo as well. And she um, denied the photo. She was like, oh, no, you'll get it at your next sound. Um, I won't worry about it for today. So when we kind of left, it was really strange she ushered us out super super quick and she like rushes through the lobby and was like don't worry about the payment and it'll be bulk billed, and just go straight through and I guess that kind of gave me a sense as well that something really was not right um and I was supposed to be going to dinner with um I've got a bunch of girlfriends that also from high school that I'm super close with I was supposed to be going to dinner with them and I thought you know nine weeks like after this ultrasound, sound, I'll be able to tell them. And I was, even though we weren't fully in the safe zone, I don't think there ever really is a safe zone, but yeah. yeah. Even though we weren't kind of where people call the safe zone, I just really wanted to tell them anyway. Um, but that night I was like, Oh, maybe I just won't go. And I ended up going anyway. And one of my friends picked me up and as soon as I got in the car, I was just like a mess. I just told her what happened. And, she's had two little girls and um, she kind of understood kind of where I was coming from and said that she'd had a couple of scares and things as well, but I didn't tell any of the others. And the suckiest thing when all this stuff is going on is sitting there knowing that the whole world around you is going and you're kind of standing still. I find mm-hmm. that really strange. Um, so yeah. So then I had an appointment with the doctor the following week, um, we did bloods check the HCG. So my first visit, um, I've got it written down here. It was one thousand and ninety. My first visit um, when I got my blood checked for to confirm that I was pregnant. And then my bloods came back when I had the visit after having this um, ultrasound. It came back at sixty one thousand. And the doctor was really like, this is positive, like this is good, but it's still uncertain and I'll have to wait another couple of weeks for the next ultrasound to see if the baby would would grow. So those couple of weeks were just absolute torture, not knowing what was going on. Um, But also my symptoms started to diminish. So, um, yeah, like my boobs weren't as sore. Well, the the only way I can describe it is I started feeling more me than ever and I did not feel pregnant. Whereas before I, I felt pregnant mm-hmm. um, and that like in, I knew in myself that that thing was wrong as well, but I just didn't really want to admit it at that stage. Cause I was trying to be positive and our relatives were great support. My parents are great. Um, my husband's mom is wonderful. I'm very lucky, but she wants a grandbaby so badly and she's been like that ever since we've gotten together. Um, so I really felt like I was letting her down and I felt really, really guilty and lots of pressure because I thought if this doesn't go to plan, then it's my fault. And that absolutely sucked. That's the suckiest (laughs) feeling ever. Mm -hmm. Um, So I went to work and told my boss, my boss was really good. Um, she's actually had a lot of trouble conceiving herself. She had five miscarriages, um, and she was easy to talk to about it but the thing that really stuck out to me was she said you know kind of don't she's the only person who said don't go into the next ultrasound with super high hopes um just kind of be prepared for the fact that it probably won't go to plan in the way you want it um whereas you know the people that did know were more like you know keep positive and yeah be great and what did you fun. find
0: more helpful
1: the hopeful um, side or, like, the reality side? To be honest, like, at that stage, you just kind of want someone to say to you, you know what, this sucks. Like, yeah, you right? It's weird, yeah, but you do. But... Yeah, and then even after, like, everyone still says, you know, all these things that, that you know as a person lo- that are logical, you know that they're um, truthful, but you don't want to hear that. You just want to hear this sucks and mm-hmm. it is gonna suck for a while um so I guess I don't I don't really know which was more helpful as such I guess the support was great yeah but Also, having someone be honest with you was great too yeah um so I guess it was a good balance but it was just torture it was really up and down the whole two weeks um and then towards the end of the second week I was like not nah, I'm getting bloods done. I want to see if the HCG is going up or down. I can't (laughs) deal with this anymore. So I had um, more bloods done before the ultrasound. The HCG had dropped from the 61,000 to 45,700. So, like, I knew going into the ultrasound the baby wasn't alive anymore. Like, it was just how it was. And, yeah, everyone, even though, like, even my parents, I told them, like, my bloods are this. Like I know this, and it was still like, no, keep positive. That was a bit. Of, that was a bit annoying. My yeah, like,
0: my mom did the same thing. It's just I think it's a it's a parent thing, but yeah, it's yeah. like no, this is a confirmation. I just need you yeah. to understand
1: it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess they just want the best for you, and they just yeah. kind of want you to believe as much as you can. But it's still like, no, I know this is happening. Um and but even so, like going into the next scan, I was still had that tiny little slither of Mm -hmm. maybe, like maybe. Um, but anyway, going into the next scan, it was what was confirmed. Um so after two weeks the baby only grew to just over seven weeks, but there was no heartbeat or activity. So it did grow, but um, like I even had a comment of like eat more so the baby grows and it's like it doesn't work that way oh Um, my goodness but all I guess meant in um you know good faith but so yeah so the whole like coming home after both ultrasounds was just devastating like devastating um and I guess my, my husband like I said he's like a Sheldon love him dearly but he had no idea what to say or what to do and even Mm -hmm. though I know he was hurting as well and he supported me so much he just doesn't do the talking very well so even when you are talking it's kind of he'll sit there and listen and he'll try really hard to um he knows you're hurting and he'll try really hard to give you know as much back as he can but I just think it's very different for guys in general, whether you're a Sheldon or not.
0: (laughs) I just, I think that's why us, us ladies, like we, we find podcasts like this and we, you know, like we, we search on the internet because our husbands, it's almost like that's the one person you do want to talk to about this because they were in it with you, but it's just not the
1: same. Yeah. And I guess you kind of think that they're going to feel and grieve the same way. Yeah. It is not like that at all. Mm-hmm. And that feeling of being alone is so real. Mm-hmm. Um, like even in those it's like a someone said to me who's been through this before is it's a club that you kind of never want to be a part of, but you are forced to be a part of. And but I'm so grateful for the fact that I've found um the support in where I have found it with their podcasts and with um, finding women who have been through the same thing that's why I really appreciate being able to do this so much because that was the first thing you do is you google like other stories yeah life mm-hmm. after marriage how can I am I going to be okay when will I stop crying yeah um, when will I not feel like a crazy person and it's so important. <laughs> even being able to just like reach out and relate in a crazy way is yeah, so yes, nice. most definitely and know that you're not yeah know that you're not crazy I tried to explain it to um, my husband as it's like your brain is kind of like fighting against you. you've you got the logical side and then you've got the um, completely irrational side and even though you know it's completely irrational um, you can't help to- it like, <laughs> Yeah, it's like they're trying to talk each other down constantly mm-hmm. um, so the other thing was as well that got me hard was I kept having this feeling, and this still makes me really emotional. <laughs> so if I get emotional, that's why. But I still have this – I always had this feeling, and I know that I don't kind of – it's completely irrational now, but of um, you can't even be a good dog mum because you didn't pick up early illness, let alone be a real baby mum. And that was so shitty. Um, sorry. But, yeah, that, that hit hard, really hard for a long time. Mm -hmm. Uh, anyway so then we had to schedule the DNC and by this stage I would technically be about 11 weeks um, even though it only grew to 7 so the doctor recommended I have a DNC because there was no sign of my body doing this on its own and they were a bit worried about infection and things like that as well Um, and the Australian medical system is pretty like great in that way. Like it is free. Um, and I know that you had someone on your, that you were referring to um, and I, I followed her on Instagram. Um, I think I pronounced her name Arden. Um, she was saying that she had to like with insurance and things like that, things not covering um, certain procedures and yeah. You know, to go to the emergency room anyway and in the whole um deepness of everything when I was going through this that hit me really hard I just thought how can there be these systems out there where these women have to go through what I'm going through now and then worry about money like I just that just baffles me Mm
0: -hmm.
1: me. something chronic so
0: I agree it can be it can be quite expensive here in the states and you're right it just blows my mind because you're already going through like a traumatic thing you know what I mean and then to financially put yourself under stress too is just crazy
1: and someone was saying as well I know um in another podcast I'm sorry I'm terrible with names Um, (laughs) but someone was saying as well like um oh my gosh I've just lost my train of thought um oh it's not like you're scheduling a boob job yeah you're scheduling something you don't want this to happen exactly no it's still anyway um the other thing I'm just going to backtrack for a second here is um when we were in that period of limbo my best friend um went for her scan as well and that was another thing that hit really hard was like even though you're so happy for everyone else who isn't going through what you're going through, it's still – you're still so sad for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and hers was like all perfect. I still remember her calling me and being like, it was perfect, like strong heartbeat, it's jumping around, it's fine, and yours is going to be fine too and everything's going to be great. And in yourself, you just have this feeling of complete dread. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, like you kind of – you're trying to be hopeful but you just like you know that it's not going to go that way yeah Um, one thing that
0: I one thing that I struggled with and I don't know if you feel the same way is um like wanting your normal self is like a really good friend you know what I mean and like you are supportive and and not having that you anymore does that make sense
1: yeah I do know what you mean yeah and I think it takes it does take a lot of healing to get back to that person
0: yeah because
1: when you're in the um you're kind of angry at the world um it's you're not it's not aimed at any particular person it's like yeah. you're just angry at the world that that you know because no one ever thinks it's going to happen to them and it's mm-hmm. like why can't I have that blissful story why is this happening to me what did I do that caused this um and it is this the other thing is like it's this huge feeling of Um, it's my fault and the reason I wanted to talk about my dog like Nala in this story is because that was huge for me in oh my gosh it's my fault because I was stressed about her it's Mm -hmm. my fault because I was grieving at that time so everything like that came back to it was it was me and I know that now that I've gone through that healing that obviously it was completely out of my, out of my control. Like people go through so many worse situations where they have, you know, um, car accidents and domestic violence and all these things and they have healthy pregnancies. Um, and it's, I think that's something that people really, really need to understand if you are going through this, that it is completely not your fault. Mm-hmm. Even though you feel that way. Um, do not blame yourself. And make sure that you like try and think that there is a way out of this like you will eventually feel okay yeah Um, and don't beat yourself up too much um because I did that for a really long time
0: Mm -hmm. it's really easy (laughs) to blame anything you can think of that could have happened at the time you know what I mean and then and then I think it's so common to like start changing your life around that scenario and it's like that's not going to That's not going to, like, miraculously, like, make, you know what I mean? Like, I remember being like, oh, I had two cups of coffee that day. Oh, my gosh. And being like, okay, I'm not drinking coffee anymore. You know
1: what I mean? And it's like, oh, that's not what happened, you know? (laughs) I am a passive, um coffee addict I love coffee and we've got a home machine and everything I'm obsessed and even yeah throughout the pregnancy I was like I can only have this much a day and I know that I'm gonna limit that but yeah the same thing it was like it was because of this and it was because yeah. of yeah the coffee and it was because of that one thing that I ate or whatever but it's completely not that and I think as well seeing the the mirror image of watching my best friend's journey through this has completely taught me that too yeah because she is um (laughs) complete opposite to me when it comes to that stuff like she still takes care of herself but like um, she has her
0: cup of coffee with no worries (laughs) oh my
1: god she has a cup of coffee she was skiing in Canada when she was like 16 weeks like you know whereas and I here
0: was, we are like scared to even sneeze
1: to <laughs> like, the bathroom the baby will come out exactly um, but yeah she's like yeah like skiing through high altitudes and whatever and the baby's completely fine I remember she was telling me she came back from her trip and um went to her doctor and was like you know I've been doing this I've been doing this I've been doing this and the doctor was like I'm just gonna take a look at the baby's heartbeat and just make sure then she's like oh it's still there it's fine <laughs> and like even she couldn't believe you know the stuff that she was doing yeah for me I'm yeah I guess that just confirms it for me as well it's like nothing you could have done would have changed the outcome of this and unfortunately it just sucks
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: but anyway so yeah, the Australian, the Australian medical system is really good. Um, we went through a public hospital. They're all great. Um, it's not like anything dingy or scary. Um, and the hospital staff were really lovely. Um, but for those, like, two weeks, especially towards the end when I really knew that it was definitely gone, I felt like a walking tomb. Like, I just felt completely empty and like I was carrying around something obviously that I knew wasn't alive and it was such an awful feeling. Um, and then having like going through all the medical system with the bright lights and everything like that. I'm quite a, I'm a person who likes to do things naturally. Um, but the doctor recommended the DNC and then when they had those conversations with us and they said to me, you know, your cervix is hundred percent closed. Like, um, you can try and do this at home, but it could potentially take, you know, another few weeks. Um, I just couldn't handle that. I could not handle going through that for even longer than what I needed to. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they also um, offered like tablets and things like that, but I just, yeah, I couldn't do it. So you
0: definitely had a point where you just want it to be over. Yeah. So you can like start the grieving process.
1: Yeah. And that's Mm -hmm. how it felt because you do still feel like you're just in this limbo. So We had the DNC. I had the DNC, um, and I just remember like coming out of that and just crying and crying and crying and crying. And this nurse was like, "It's okay," like patting my hand, like you know, you'll be okay, and one day, like you know, you'll have your baby and things like this. But at the time, the same thing like you want you want the support, but you kind of just want to be alone at the same time. I don't know. It's just a really bizarre feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt like after the DNC, like and returning to work, I felt like that was when the real battle began. Um, because the darkness is real. It's just so heavy and so full on, and it's not like I was trying to explain it to my mom. And we're we're super close. I'm really lucky. Um, but I was trying to explain it to her and she's like, oh, you know, do you feel depressed and do you think any – and I'm like, it's not depression. It's not that type of It's feeling. grief, yeah. Like if I'm at work and I'm – like people wouldn't know any different because no one knew. Like I didn't go around telling people, but um, it's just this heavy cloud. And I think that the thing that it's taught me as well is it's so important to not – um I guess just willy nilly say to people because you know that they're married like when are you having a baby or are you guys planning for kids because you have no idea what that person is going through and we got that a lot and it was freaking hard um because inside you're like trying to fight back tears of well I would love to if you know if things went my way or if things went to plan but that stuff was really hard, and I felt like that's when the real battle began. And that's when I found um, podcasts and things like that. I actually um, listened to an episode that you were on, and I'm pretty sure it was your first um, loss. Yeah,
0: and managing oh, miscarriage is the is the it. podcast name. Yep.
1: Yeah, and I just kept googling. Like, I actually was googling life after miscarriage. Like, what um, do people? Like, what do you do? You kind of just don't know what to do. You're stuck. And like I said, the whole world around you just keeps going round and round. Everyone's doing their business and you are in this state of stuck. Um, So, yeah. So, And I remember there was something that um, you said with um, there's something powerful in feeling powerless. And I kept trying to, I wrote in my phone and I kept trying to relate. Like I related to that, but I mean, I kept trying to remind myself of there is nothing you can do in this situation and you just kind of need to ride the wave. Yeah. Um, I think
0: it was, so there's something powerful in understanding when we're powerless. And it's yeah, like, once you understand, like there is nothing
1: you could have, yeah. you know
0: what I mean? that's <laughs> when it's like, you can make that switch.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Even though it still takes a long time. <laughs> it and does. Do <laughs> dark. Um And like around this time as well our house was super empty because obviously with what had happened that we'd lost Nolly and it was just it just sucked um and i was like i'm never gonna get another dog never um, but <laughs> I you know i did because when i contacted you it was through my dog's instagram which is yeah instagram. <laughs> we talked we talked through her dog's instagram you guys <laughs> And I remember messaging you being, oh, I'm really sorry. I just realised it's through my dogs. And I do have my own Instagram, but um, I spend more time on my dogs now than my own. Um, but that's when I also got um, – we decided we are going to get another puppy and we got a dog and um, his name is Sunny. And we named him Sunny for reference of Sunshine, bringing Sunshine back into our life because, you know, throughout those few months it was just like – yeah, it, it was so dark. I just felt like every day was a battle. And it got worse, way worse before it got better. Um, and now that I'm kind of, well, I'm definitely on the other side. I remember messaging you and saying to you, like, it's strange when you start to see that light. And it's like one day you just kind of, oh, I didn't cry today.
0: Mm-hmm. And then the next
1: day, oh, my gosh, I've had two days and I didn't cry. Um, and you kind of, you kind of forget about how low you really were when you start to come out the other side but it teaches you so much at the same time about yourself and about everyone around you and being a bit more um I guess open to other people because when you do start to open up about it you know you do get the um oh that happened to me too and yeah I had a miscarriage too but at the time there was only one other person that I knew who had gone through this and her story is absolutely incredible and she's now has her own little rainbow baby Um, but at the time he was premature and they were going through a lot of hard times and obviously I didn't want to reach out to her during that time and I know that, you know, she really just didn't didn't need my emotions as well as her own. Um, (laughs) So the other thing as well, like I guess in those months was watching my best friend, um, like um, there were those first stings, like – her, her pregnancy announcement, um, was a super sting for me. And I know that nothing that she's ever done has been intentionally to cause me to feel a certain way. Um, she would never intend to do that. And like I said, even though so super happy, it was just constantly that sting for myself feeling, um, yeah, just, it just sucked. And, Um, I guess at the time as well, when everything started going, like falling apart, um, she kind of backed off a bit too, to give me some space, but at the time I felt like I really needed that. Like I, I didn't, I needed her to come back. I didn't need her to back off, but I guess lots of people don't really know what to do. Um, but then when we kind of had a chat about it, we kind of both realized, where we were sitting with everything. And I think that's the thing as well. Like if you are going through this and you have someone who you feel like is backed off, it's probably not the case. It's probably just that they don't really know what to say at that time. And like, just talk to them, open up and talk to them. Because when I did that with her, um, it just made everything so much easier because your mind is going so mental And you're in such a thick haze that you kind of start to, well, you do think irrationally, um, which was what I was doing. And I kind of thought that it was because she didn't want to talk to me. And it was nothing like that at all. Um, And the more time that I actually spent with her, like the easier things got for me. Because after every time I saw her, it was like healing, even though she was growing and getting bigger the sadness was kind of diminishing for me because it was, well, it'll never diminish, but you know what I mean? It was Mm -hmm. kind of um, healing was starting because it was um, every time I walked away, I was like, it's going to happen for me one day too. Um, And I felt more a part of her pregnancy too. Um, So my follow-up appointment when after the DNC, I couldn't get into my regular doctor and i just wanted to get it over with i was so like rip the band-aid off like move on i'm already stuck i don't want this to kind of be an add-on um and i remember going in and the doctor was i don't know if she didn't read my notes or whatever but she was like okay start from the beginning and tell me kind of everything that's happened and That was really hard because when you're kind of trying to heal and you get to a stage where you can start talking to people, when you have a complete stranger kind of and you feel like that coldness from them, they're not like an open stranger, say, tell me everything that's happened. And it just, like, I just started crying after the end of it. And then she turned to me and she's like, why are you crying? (laughs) And I remember walking out, like, she referred me to... um like go and talk to a I don't know maybe it was a mental health like a therapist kind of yeah uh, and I was like I was remember just feeling so frustrated like why do you think I am crying it's anyway so and you kind of feel like everyone around you is pregnant I work with um kids I'm a teacher and I was working in prep at the time which is um like kindergarten and um you know, most of the kids, a lot of the kids in kindy are the oldest sibling and there's a lot of moms when you're in kindy that are pregnant um, and we work in a really big school. So everywhere I looked, I felt like everyone was pregnant and um, it's just kind of like a stab every time you see someone. And like I said, you never want to feel that way. You don't have any like, um, you know, bad, what's the word, like, I guess, bad wishes towards them. But you just, you can't get rid of that feeling. It's just like every time, yeah, pow, pow. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't escape it. So that's the other thing as well. Um, but anyway, so I started seeing, um, I, t- I walked out of the doctors going, I'm not going to where you're referring me to. Um, and I started seeing a kinesiologist. Um, and at the time, like I went for naturopathy because, like I said, I like going the natural way. Um, just to kind of see if my hormones were in check and everything like that. And they said that we could start trying again um, after two cycles, I think it was. And um, I went to see a naturopath and she was saying that, um, you know, look, you should really, she does naturopathy and kinesiology. And she said, I think you should really wait and just try and get your mind right and we'll work together. And um, I started working with her I was seeing her every three weeks and um, I'm now seeing her every six weeks, I think it is. And she has been amazing. It has helped me so much. Um, I also started seeing a um, chiropractor as well and he does um, chiropractic and kinesiology. So he was wonderful as well. Um, And he was saying to me that my nervous system was completely shot um he said that trauma does that and it could also be um other things that have happened prior to the miscarriage that have caused it so he said that a lot of time like a lot of the um the modes that I was in was either fight or flight mode so um we worked together to kind of reset my system and that has worked absolute wonders for me um as well as having Sunny, like he is complete opposite to Nala. she was really easygoing really relaxed and he is an absolute nutbag um so it's, <laughs> it's like running around after a toddler all the time um so he's helped me heal a lot um you know like don't eat that like no that. <laughs> um, oh my gosh stop jumping on that so that all that stuff combined has helped so much and I think it's really important that when you do go through something like this, um, you know, obviously everyone heals in their own time and listen to yourself, um, but actively try and pull yourself out of that as well. You know, seek help, talk to people. I find that talking to people has helped me so much. And, like, I know you and I have sent messages back and forth. And just having someone who understands who you feel like you can talk to, helps tenfold. Even if it's just, you know, one message every now and then or if it's a phone call. Um because you will find, like I said before, once you start talking to people, you'll realize how common it is and a lot of people coming out of the woodwork. Um but also like just because it is so common, it doesn't mean that your feelings are should be completely um disregarded. Just because it is common. It's something that like you said it's grief and you know once you see those two lines come up on that pregnancy test like you feel like you're a mom Mm -hmm. and spend all this time regardless of you know how long or short it is every single day making decisions to you know for that baby and to make things better for that baby Mm -hmm. so I think that you know when you are healing make sure that you're doing it um for yourself and you're pulling yourself through. Um, but I was stuck for a long time in saying that, like, don't, grief is different for everyone. Um, I mean, even every day now, like I still think about it every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think you always will.
0: Like I, I personally, for me, like I, I feel like it crosses my mind every single
1: day Yeah. in some yeah, way or definitely, another. Definitely. It'll never go away. Um, and when I started seeing the kinesiologist and the chiropractor and things as well, um, we were told not to try it for several months. I walked out of the first appointment feeling so defeated, like, how come, like, I've been through all of this stuff and now I'm told I can't even try again. That was also a massive blow. Um, because you know, the other thing as well, I feel like I was chasing time because my, with my best friend, you know, she's due to give birth in 3 weeks. So, and our due dates, mine was the 14th and hers is the 16th. So, I felt like this pressure of I don't feel that now, but I felt this pressure at the time of hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, like mm-hmm. um you know, you've got to you've got to just try again and but I think that if I was to try again at that stage just for my own personal mental health, um, I don't think it would have been the right time for me. Um, And yeah, so anyway, um, the other thing was as well, um, I started planning her baby shower, which I think helped. I know that you and I talked about that a bit and that helped for me um, a lot. And I think a real turning point as well was shopping for her baby shower um, and realising it kind of just hit me like I'm okay with this. I'm shopping for her baby stuff and I'm okay with it. I'm not, you know, breaking down at the side of a jumpsuit. Um, and that's when I realized, um, I was in a really good place, but it took a long time to get there. Yeah. Um, And like I said, you still think about it every day. Um, Mm -hmm. but that was a real win for me. And we had her baby shower. I, I felt really good. Um, And I think that it was really important to take time to, you know, feel all the emotions that you feel. Mm -hmm. If you want to cry, like if you want to lay in bed and cry in the fetal position all day, do that. (laughs) If you want to scream, do that. Um, It's just important to talk to people and, you know, feel the way you feel. Yeah. Um, So coming to now, um, my husband and I are pregnant, which is awesome. Um, but the feelings of anxiety are hugely still there. So I'm six weeks yesterday. Um, I, it happened straight away again. Um, so I guess feeling very blessed with that. Um, and at first, I guess the first two days I was so excited. Um, but it's really strange. I kind of took a turning point and I'm not sure if you felt this way at all, but I've kind of taken a turning point where I took a step back because I was all of a sudden really anxious. And I thought I can't get attached to this because what happens if this happens again? Um, Yeah. yeah, I
0: don't know. know One thing I totally did. And one thing that um, I just had a girl reach out to me the other day um, too, but, she's newly pregnant after loss and I told her I was like I understand this now but I didn't understand it then that I would always put my guard up with each pregnancy but in reality putting my guard up didn't save me from grief yeah like either way I was devastated every time I had a loss you know what I mean yeah um it's easier said than done to not have your guard up you know like I mean I think it's so normal to have your guard up but because you don't want to be hurt but I have realized that having my guard up did not save me from that
1: yeah and it's you definitely do put your guard up because that's where I'm at at the moment I've put up a guard and I think as well you start talking about things more medically than you do like totally it was really like hopes and dreams and oh my gosh it's will it be this and will it look like this and yeah (laughs) and then all of a sudden in the next pregnancy it's like what are my hcg levels like when's this scan when will i see the fetal pole it all becomes very um timeline and medical and when can i start feeling like i'm gonna be okay yeah step by Um, step day by day that's kind of what it turns into Uh uh-huh yeah so um I was listening to a podcast um, I think it was with Lindsay and one of her advice was um, I'd only just found out I was pregnant when I listened to her episode and she said like in her second pregnancy she was really really anxious and feeling I guess the way I'm feeling now which kind of is good to listen to because you like I said again you think I'm not crazy Um, and she said like if she could give advice to anyone and go back to that she would, you know, say to those people, um, enjoy it. And you're pregnant now. And that's, even though I have my guard up at the moment and if something did happen, I know that I would be devastated, but even though I have my guard up now, every single day, I keep saying to myself, you're pregnant today. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, you know, what you need to focus on. It's so different from the first time. Um, my symptoms definitely come and go and, I feel me, like, whereas last time I felt really pregnant, um, even though it was only a short period of time. um, I felt like my body wasn't my body, but this time I feel me, and I don't know if that's because I've worked really hard to get to where I am now, um, like, physically and emotionally, or... Like I don't know, or if it's gonna go one way or the other. Um, <laughs> I, I need to get out of that frame of mind, but I guess, like I said, Dave.
0: It's great. I mean, we all,
1: everyone listening, understands what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> even <if laughs> you're possibly saying it. Yeah. Um, and the other thing as well is because the first time, like, I didn't have any bleeding. I didn't have any symptoms that it was not. Like that, it was gone. And going into the dating scan, I just had my um hCG levels done. So when I first had them done, they were two twenty nine um ten days ago, and I had them done again on what day? Uh, Thursday. And they yeah, came I was like, back. It was just the other day. As, yeah, they came back as um twelve thousand three hundred, and I rang the doctor, and she was like, "That's really good," and I was like. Yeah, that's great, but give me more referrals because I want to do more blood tests so I can keep watching it, which makes you again sound like a crazy person, but for me going into the dating scan, I would rather know the levels are rising than think of that
0: news then in yeah, there. Uh, yeah. Mhm. Yeah. I know what you mean.
1: Yeah, which I guess that's where I say like you start thinking about things more medically than um I think that
0: reassurance, like, we crave that reassurance, like, as much as we can possibly get it, too, especially early on in pregnancy. Um, Because you you don't have any other way to get it, you know? No,
1: definitely.
0: Other than than your levels. And that's why I peed on 5,000
1: pregnancy tests. Oh, my God. That's another thing as well. When I – because we tried and – like within before six days, like before my period, I was doing pregnancy tests, which is silly. And I'm like holding it up, like, is there a line? Yeah. I swear there's a line. I can see the line. And my husband and I were both like squinting at this tiny faint line. And they were so faint because it was so early. And I took so many and it cost me so much money. It's so expensive. It's ridiculous. Um and yeah, I, I took so many. And I remember um, sending a text to my best friend because obviously, you know, I we talk about everything um, and being like, oh, my gosh, like, can you see the line? And send her all these photos of these different tests. And she was like, you're going to put the preg- – like, the – test company out of business because you're just buying so many like it's ridiculous calm down but (laughs) I guess unless you've been through that before you don't know that crazy yeah um, feeling of just needing that reassurance and like the other day I even took a test because I hadn't had my HCG level done and I did the test that um, tells you how many weeks along you are we don't have those here Oh, they're so good. I searched for them. I was they're I was so, so tempted weird. to buy, like, a really expensive one from, like, Europe and get it sent here. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's, yeah, the crazy is real. So if you are feeling that way, just, yeah, know that you're not completely. War- but uh, just, like,
0: total, like, it. warning, though. This happened to me. Um, eventually, when your HCG gets too high, the line starts to fade.
1: Oh, yeah. And it will trigger you, so be careful. (laughs) I read in the first, yeah, the first loss, like, I was Googling, and I read that, like, could you try and find, is this normal? And everything is normal and not normal at the exact same time, which sucks as well. But, yeah, I read that it goes down the further along you are. But um, I took a test because I wanted to see if my HCG had gone up based on the test, and it had. Like, it showed um, X, like, X amount of weeks the first time, I think it was like something ridiculous, like one to two weeks since conception. And then the next one was three plus weeks. And I was walking out to my husband, like, Look, like it's getting better. It's okay. But yeah, you still have that feeling of, Is it okay really? Yeah. Um, so my scan is scheduled for um not this coming Tuesday, the Tuesday after. Um, I'm getting another two blood tests next week just so I can Watch that, and you know what? Like at the end of the day, I used to care about what people think. Um, now I'm like, no, it's about my own mental health and making sure that I feel okay with this. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I used to think that maybe when I start to, when I hear or see the fetal pole, that it'll make me feel like the heartbeat will make me be reassured. But I think that even after then, it's still gonna be that consistent little niggling feeling like is it okay Um, yeah
0: yeah. it'll be the first step of reassurance though definitely I I found that there was always like steps and like each step would make me feel a little bit better
1: yeah yeah so and I think looking as well at like um people who do have their rainbow babies as well it, it gives you a lot of hope and um like there's this lady at work at the moment who our school's quite a big school and I never really had the opportunity to speak with her before. And um, she's pregnant at the moment. And I was talking to her about it and she said, Oh, I feel so blessed because um, you know, it was a lot harder to have to get this baby because I lost my last baby um, through miscarriage. And, you know, I was like, me too. And we started talking and yeah, like, I guess, when you do eventually open up it's such a healing experience um I Mm -hmm. can't I can't on behalf of everyone but for me it's it was a really healing experience but um unless you've been through it yeah it's really hard to understand to fully understand
0: yeah for sure
1: yeah I'm I'm excited about the scan I really hope that um yeah, obviously everything's going to go to plan and I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, keep us posted and congratulations.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Um, and th- thank you so much for sharing your story too, jumping on here, especially six weeks pregnant um, and feeling anxious. <laughs> like it's it, For me, that's where it became hard to talk about, <laughs> you yeah. know, so I really, really, yeah. really appreciate it. I know everybody listening does too. If somebody wanted
1: to reach out to you, is Instagram the best way to do so? Yeah, sure. I mean, like if you are looking for a, um, a bit of a mood increase and some cute dog pics, seriously, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely adorable. Um, but yeah, I have got my own personal account as well. Um, it's just a little bit long, so I'll message that to you. Um, if you wanted to put that in,
0: in awesome. case people.
1: Not dog people? That's totally fine. I'm going to link your dog's Instagram and your Instagram (laughs) in the
0: description of the podcast.
1: (laughs) That's totally fine. Okay.
0: All right. Thank you so much. And I wish you luck. And yes, keep me posted. Thank you. I appreciate it.